welcome to this week in the best not podcast today we'll be speaking about um public market um exits that is what is the process of companies going public um and uh, it's uh, it's something that's been hyped and given more credit than it deserves um it's like the finance equivalent of graduating from high school like if you graduate from high school that's not when, that's not like the end of the world right like that's when like it starts um and going public is the same thing uh it is hyped up uh as if it is some sort of victory lap that the founders need to take and it is but you know seeing all these other investors come and parade around and acting as if they did something smart in in terms of taking the company public is utter nonsense um the only people who deserve the credit for the most part are the founders and more importantly the employees because the employees are the people who carry the employees and the founders carry the weight of the company for the most part and uh the customers um going public for the most part has meant um conducting an initial public offering or an ipo where you essentially sell um a bunch of private investors uh your shares uh and they have a chance to sell your shares back to the public and on the day of the on the first day of trading the public can also buy the additional shares that the company is issuing um uh you know which is left over after whatever the private market investors have already taken uh and um this is uh been very uh this has been uh, very uh broken as a process um because you know companies get screwed uh out of their money uh every time they uh go public and uh, it's not nice because there are all these employees who are working really hard the founders are working really hard to you know ship value to the you know the customers and you know these public market people they come and basically perform a bunch of arbitrage activities to fuck with the company's stock um it's not great right it's extremely stressful if you're like a young ceo that too um because of this a lot of companies are not going public and they're staying private for longer which is not great i think i think then i think uh, or at least i am in the belief that you need to go public as soon as you can because at the end of the day if you take money from others your job is to take that money increase increase it and give it back to the people who gave you the money in the first place that is literally your job as a capital allocator and as a executive um you are in the business of creating shareholder value um and if you cannot do that predictably it is mostly window dressing and about the surface nonsense for the most part um and i think that that has just caused a lot of charlatans to show up and uh, really screw with um the capital markets 
and the trust that they have placed in these companies i think the valuations in 2018 2017 2018 2019 2018 especially was just crazy um you saw uber had a valuation of like 65 billion or something like that in uh um uh, 2017 then it got down down to like 45 went public at like 70 yeah it went at 70 and uh, you know all this nonsense happens and this could have been totally preventable had they had a good way of going public so this is not just the fault of the people who went public but also uh the the fault more importantly the fault of the people who are enabling these companies to go public the people who are responsible for the underwriting decision that enable the the underwriting of these public companies of the of these companies to become public um and these are mostly your investment banks uh, goldman sachs and jp morgan morgan stanley these are the big 3 and they are these are the people that do most of the technology ipos um and those are the ipos that i personally am familiar with that is my circle of competency um and it's really frustrating like if you if you are uh someone like i am who is interested in uh the public markets but is also interested in building businesses and you know the private equity side of things the disconnect is really frustrating because as a public market investor you don't get the upside uh you need to be a private market investor you need to go earlier down the channel you know all the way down to the seed and you know series a series b whatever you need to be an investor in that but if you're an individual you know public market investor how is that possible right the, it's it's very complicated to actually do that um especially if you're not like an american and you know um i mean i guess you could invest in like an angelist syndicate or something um I would love to invest in Jason Calacanis's syndicate. I would love to invest in Arlon Hamilton's syndicate, Naval Ravikant's syndicate. But the problem is, I can't really do that because I'm on an F1 visa, and you know there are rules around being an accredited investor that I don't fulfill. So my only option is public market investing, and I'm screwed because of that. And most importantly, companies get screwed because you know what. companies have been taking a lot of these this this essentially free money that has been printed away by the by you know the governments around the world so there's all this excess cash and they think that money will remain free forever not consciously but subconsciously and the discipline is gone and when the money runs out they are tapped out look at what happened to vwork and look at what happened to uh, zooks Zooks got acquired. Vwork was a complete mess. Um, Vwork was the biggest mess, in my opinion, uh, and in everyone's opinion, I think, because they had a valuation of forty-seven billion dollars, which is mostly paper valuation. Um, the previous investors marked up their own investment, and they invested, you know, tens of billions of dollars, and there was no discipline. Had they gone public at a valuation of, let's say, I don't know, five billion dollars. uh this would not have happened there would have been regulatory control and uh you know this this nonsense wouldn't have happened 
Now, of course, um, many people like Ben Horowitz and other venture capitalists like him have said that, you know, the SEC really makes it hard for a young company to be public. It's risky. Therefore, it's better to take money. I think that's mostly bullshit. Like, um, you know, because uh, there are companies that have gone public and scaled. Uh, so if they can do it, why can't you? It just sounds like an excuse. Uh, I think in my favorite companies are the ones that went public early. They take a lot of money. Uh, so it is very frustrating to see this. Now, what is what is really what really gives me hope is that um, there are companies that are doing something about this. For example, Social Capital Hadosophia. Um, uh, holdings, which is basically a vehicle created by Chamath um, Palihapatiya uh, of Social Capital in partnership with uh, a British hedge fund. Um, what they've done is they've created this special pu- pu- purpose acquisition company or a SPAC, which is like a blank check company. So it's like a, like a, you know, it's basically a company that's got cash and is publicly traded. The second they find a company uh, they want, what they do is they essentially use the cash in that that uh, holding in that in that vehicle, and they merge with the company that's not yet public, and the 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 private company becomes public as a result of the merger, and the investment vehicle is dissolved, and it's like boom snap you're public as Chamath says it, and and it really was that um, I'm I'm not. Uh, you know this, and this is not just like purely theoretical. I was actually an investor in the f- in one of the first packs. I invested in um, uh, the Social Capital Hedosophia Fund One um, at like ten dollars and thirty seven cents. Yes, ten dollars and thirty seven cents. And um, within three months, I believe I sold for eighteen dollars and change. Um, and I think, like my 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 profit aside, um, I think what was interesting was that the process to become public was so convenient. Um, I was shocked, like I because I, I actually re- this was my first investment. I was really nervous. So what I did w- was I actually went to the uh, SEC, which is the Security and Exchange, uh, uh, so, which is like the Securities um, Board. Uh, for uh, the U.S., they govern uh, trading activity um, and um, uh, you know public market um, stuff. Like they are the regulatory uh, body that does oversight on public company activity, uh, etc. And they have this website called SEC.gov where you can read all the filings of like public uh, the the SEC filings of companies that are about to go public and the companies that are already public. I went and read all the filings of Social Capital Hedosophia and it was very interesting because like they didn't have, this is like a pretty early company uh, and the regulatory filings were much shorter than a traditional S1. An S1 is the document which is required if you are IPOing, if you're going through an initial public offering, which is what most Silicon Valley startups, most tech companies do if they're trying to go public. But in the case of Social Capital Hydrosphere Fund 1, uh, in the case of this PAC, the regulatory filings uh, for the offer, the, I mean, the op- for the offering documents, like the regulatory filings that were the offering documents, uh, were much shorter than the traditional S1. Like S1, 
an S1 is like hundreds of pages. This was like less than a hundred, like the initial offering document. It was really brief and concise. And what I imagine from the perspective of the company is that they do not have to be as um, cautious as they would have to be uh, in terms of like being detailed had they done the IPO. Like the SPAC is much more convenient way of going public. Um, now, what has happened as a result of this is that there have been other SPACs that came in place. Uh, Vector IQ uh, was a SPAC that was there and now they bought Nicola. Um, they, they merged with Nicola to take Nicola public. And that, you know, just on a purely technical basis in terms of technical trading analysis basis is doing excellent. They're up like hundreds of percentage points. It's it's nuts. It, they, it, was, at, it was like... Uh, uh, like $15 or something when the merger first happened. And now it's like, you know, it went up to 50, 60, $70. So from that standpoint, like the shareholders did really well, just from the trading standpoint. So I think, and that's the most important standpoint. If you're trying to measure what is the success of, co of the company going public? Um, because what happens many times, these companies go public and, um, you know, the, it's not, it's very messy. Um, I would also like to take this opportunity to point out something that people seem to misunderstand about IPOs. Um, one of my favorite um, interviewers uh, and uh, thinkers, uh, Henry Blodgett, who was a famous Wall Street analyst and is now like, um, is was the creator of Business Insider. Um, he basically explained that IPOs are are like a scam for the most part because what what you do is you as a company sell your shares to these private market investors which i mentioned earlier for a discount and they sell at a profit so you are essentially leaving money on the table as a as a company this is literally billions of dollars in cash that you leave on the table this happens to most companies it happened to zoom uh, you know, people were, and you know, people were celebrating it. It's very weird. Like, if a company's share price goes up massively on the first day of trading, that means they have left money on the table. Zoom had that problem. On the other hand, Facebook and Google didn't have that problem. Um, they didn't leave money on the table. Google had a special auction process that es essentially cut out most of the investment bankers, and they were able to max. Uh, get the max cash from the public markets. Facebook raised at the highest price, so they left no money on the table. But with the exception of Facebook and Google, I don't know that many companies that do not have this problem. Most companies have the problem of leaving money on the table. You don't have this problem with the SPAC because you know predictably how much money you're getting. Right? Social Capital knew that it would put, and, the, and Virgin Galactic, which is the company that they merged with, knew that they would be putting so you know uh, 700 million dollars of cash for uh, 47.52% of the company so it was known there is no variance and i think spacs are a general good and i i think doing a spac is better than raising like a a private round of funding in my opinion um, when I when I uh, I'm a part of building a company, when I'm working for a company that is you know a high growth company, um, I will definitely make sure that it 
it goes public via a SPAC uh, or a direct listing. What is a direct listing, you may ask? A direct listing is basically uh, you just let let your the the people who've already invested in in your company invested in your company sell their shares to the public. Um, you don't raise money from the markets. You just convert your company into a public company. Now, obviously, there's a lot of uh, underlying, you know, financial technical details, but that's mostly irrelevant. If you're a public market investor, an individual public market investor like I am, um, and the the interesting thing is, um, people criticize the direct listing model because you know it seemed scammy according to the Wall Street, uh, you know, traditionalists. But that's just mostly nonsense. They were trying to protect their books, and it's 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 total you know uh, hogwash. Um, Spotify did a direct listing, and they're doing great. So I think direct listings are also an amazing model for doing this. And I think Airbnb is going to do a uh, direct listing because despite the issues they're having due to the COVID nineteen uh, pandemic. Uh, which, by the way, is coming up in a future episode, so stay tuned. Despite their issues, they raised um, money from Silver Lake um, in a, in debt. So they have cash. So now what they can do is they can go uh, to the public markets and be like, we just want to directly list. We don't want your money. They do that. They are set. I know... Like thousand, I know people who in, from my circle who would buy Airbnb shares if they went public. Airbnb is a solid company that'll be incredibly has a defensible business model. And if they did a direct listing, they would kill it. They do not need the excess cash, in my opinion. Um, they could still do a IPO, um, but you know that's uh, up to them, obviously. Now, here's the interesting. Thing. And this is where I want to end. Now, because of all this activity that I just mentioned in terms of alternative ways to go public, um, what happened is that there was essentially a reform passed by the SEC that said that, you know, if you do a direct listing, uh, you can raise cash. Uh, so I'm really happy for the reforms that have been uh, happening uh as a result of all this activity and when i when i build the you know when i you know i'm a part of building i don't want to say i build it you know i have some me it's like a team so when you know i'm a part of a team that builds up you know a company that eventually goes public or gets bought i will be really uh, looking forward to the time when i can um think about my options in terms of a spac or a direct listing it's really exciting um the future is going public through a SPAC or direct listing, not raising additional venture money. Thank you.